Welcome to Walk by Faith. Our program is the book of the Apocalypse or the Revelation to John. As in all things, let us begin in prayer. In the name of the Father, and Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, you gave us your Son to bring your word into our world. Open our hearts that your will might enter into us and motivate us to share what we learn with a world struggling for meaning. Holy Spirit, guide us in this Bible study and lead us to a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ, our Lord. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. So this is the book of the Apocalypse or the Revelation to John, part two. We're going to cover chapters five through 11. So the Apostle John is generally credited as being the author of the book of Revelation. And he wrote this while he was serving as the uh, Bishop of Ephesus. He, was, he had been arrested uh, under the Emperor Diocletian and his persecution and sent to the island of Patmos, a prison colony. And while he was on this uh, prison island, an angel appeared to him and invited him to come up here and see how we worship in heaven. And so the book of Revelation is the record of that vision, and it's also one of the most difficult books of Scripture to understand. And the word apocalypse is a Greek word that means unveiling or revealing, but much about Revelation seems obscured and hidden. So let us begin with chapter 5, verse 1. I saw a scroll in the right hand of the one who sat on the throne. It had writing on both sides, and it was sealed with seven seals. And then I saw a mighty angel who proclaimed in a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to examine it. I shed many tears because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to examine it. And one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. The lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed, enabling him to open the scroll with its seven seals. And then I saw, standing in the midst of the throne, and the four living creatures, and the elders, a lamb that seemed to have been slain. He had seven horns and seven eyes. These are the seven spirits of God, sent out into the whole world. He came and received the scroll from the right hand of the one who sat on the throne. And when he took it, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the lamb. Each of the elders held a harp and gold bowls filled with incense, which are the prayers of the holy ones. And they sang a new hymn. Worthy are you to receive the scroll and to break open its seals. For you were slain, and with your blood you purchased for God those from every tribe and tongue, people and nation. You made them a kingdom and priests for our God, and they will reign on earth. I looked again and heard the voices of many angels who surrounded the throne and the living creatures and the elders. They were countless in numbers, and they cried out in a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches, wisdom and strength, honor and glory and blessing. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea, everything in the universe cry out to the one who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor, glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures answered, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. So a scroll in the hand of the one who was seated on the throne, that refers to God the Father. 
One of the 24 elders told John that the lion of the tribe of Judah would open the scroll. So John must have been shocked when he turned around not to see a lion, but only a lamb, looking as though it had been slain. When the lamb took the scroll, the 24 elders and all the angels fell down in praise and sang to the lamb. They lifted up bowls filled with incense, which are the prayers of the faithful and the saints. And just as Jesus was priest and sacrifice at Calvary, so he is priest and sacrifice in heaven. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, we read, Have among yourselves the same attitude that is also yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God something to be grasped. Rather, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, coming in human likeness, and found human in appearance. He humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Because of this, God greatly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend of those in heaven and on the earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. So the victory is assured. The Lamb of God rules on the throne, granted him by the Father, and he will do so eternally. So the final message, the marriage supper of the Lamb, and the unveiling of the new Jerusalem, this won't appear until chapters 19 and 22, uh, 19 through 22 in the book of Revelation. But from chapters 6 through 18, there are many visions of the cataclysmic endings for those who reject the Lamb and choose to follow the beast or Satan. In some ways, these chapters are like a long, extended homily that warns of the folly of avoiding the grace and forgiveness of God. Tribulations. Now, the book of Revelation had to have been written not earlier than 68 AD, since many allusions in it seem to refer to the persecutions of Emperor Nero. And the book makes references to the temple, but the temple in Jerusalem, along with most of the city, was destroyed in 70 AD. Several church fathers say that John died in the same year as Emperor Domitian, or 96 AD, and that Domitian was a cruel persecutor of Christians and Jews. That we know from history. While much that is written in the tribulations refer to the current state of the empire in the time of John, all of it is allegorical and applicable to all ages. The first seal, the white horseman, Revelation chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. Then I watched while the lamb broke open the first of the seven seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures cry out in a voice like thunder, Come forward. And I looked, and there was a white horse, and its rider had a bow. He was given a crown, and he rode forth victorious to further his victories. And when he broke open the second seal, I heard the second living creature cry out, Come forward. And another horse came out, a red one. Its rider was given power to take peace away from the earth so that people would slaughter one another, and he was given a huge sword. And when he broke open the third seal, I heard the third living creature cry out, Come forward! I looked, and there was a black horse, and its rider held a scale in his hand. I heard what seemed to be the voice in the midst of the four living creatures. It said, A ration of wheat costs a day's pay, and three rations of barley costs a day's pay. But do not damage the olive oil or the wine. 
Revelation 6, verse 7 and 8. When he broke open the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature cry out, Come forward! I looked, and there was a pale green horse. Its rider was named Death, and Hades accompanied him. They were given authority over a quarter of the earth to kill with sword, famine, and plague, and by means of the beasts of the earth. Now, the white horseman is representative of any and all false messiahs, antichrists, or Satan himself. He leads a crusade of lies and confusion. So he's a white horse. You would think that would be good, but this is a false messiah. We have to be careful of false messiahs in our lives. And the red horseman brings war and military domination. In John's time, it was the Roman Empire. And in every century thereafter, it's any tyrannical power waging war and persecuting humanity, be it Genghis Khan, Napoleon, Adolf Hitler, whoever. The black horseman is a symbol of the suffering that war brings. The scale measures the food products carefully when famine is present as a result of war. And the money refers to the inflationary pressures felt by all in the times of hardship. And then the pale green horseman is a symbol of starvation, plague, and disease that knows no limits, the plagues. So the disasters on the earth are from the actions of mankind. Sin brings about destruction. Suffering is part of God's plan of salvation. Without chastisement, there's no possibility of change. So like a good parent, God chastises us, corrects us, and sets us on the right path. In heaven, the victory has been achieved. Heaven is eternal, always ahead of the earth. And on earth, more struggles will exist until the end of the time. It's good to think about that. In heaven, it's eternal, it's outside of time, so every day is as the next. Well, we're on a timeline, and we're trying to catch up with heaven. The white horse is a symbol of deception in our times. We have atheistic materialism, we have rejection of God, we have child abuse and trafficking, trafficking we have drug abuse, homelessness, political prisoners, jails that are full. The earth is in rebellion against humanity, which is in rebellion against God, human will against divine will. Just like that sign of abortion providers save women's lives, unless the baby's a girl. Revelation 6, 9 through 11. When he broke open the fifth seal, I saw underneath the altar the souls of those who had been slaughtered because of the witness they bore to the word of God. They cried out in a loud voice, How long will it be, holy and true master, before you sit in judgment and avenge our blood on the inhabitants of the earth? Each of them was given a white robe, and they were told to be patient a little while longer, until the number was filled of their fellow servants and brothers who were going to be killed as they had been. These are the martyrs. So vindictive language expressed by the martyrs should be understood symbolically and not literally. The cries for vengeance that sound so harsh are literary devices that, that John used to evoke in the, in the hearers of this, of this book a feeling of horror for the apostasy or falling away of faith and, and the rebellion that will be severely punished by God. So while John's time was a period in which many Christians were martyred by the Roman Empire, political Jews and other nations in the Near East, the number of Christian martyrs in the 20th century exceeded the total of all martyrs in the previous 19 centuries combined. 
So if you don't think Christians are persecuted today, you're not looking around. So the fifth seal, we read more about the martyrs. In the second book of Maccabees, chapter 7, verse 37, Like my brothers, I offer up my body and my life for our ancestral laws, imploring God to show mercy soon to our nation and by afflictions and blows to make you confess that he alone is God. This is one of the sons of the woman who had seven sons who all were martyred by the Greeks under Antiochus Epiphanes. And it's showing the, the mindset of a martyr who would rather die than to do anything to turn away from God. And then in Mark chapter 13, verse 9 uh, to 13, watch out for yourselves. They will hand you over to the courts. You will be beaten in synagogues. You will be arraigned before governors and kings because of me. This is Jesus talking to his disciples as a witness before them. But the gospel must first be preached to all nations. When they lead you away and hand you over, do not worry beforehand about what you are to say, but say whatever will be given to you at that hour, for it will not be you who are speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Brother will hand over brother to death and father his child. Children will raise up against their parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but the one who perseveres to the end will be saved. In Matthew chapter 23, verses 32 to 36, Thus you bear witness against yourselves that you are the children of those who murdered the prophets. Now fill up what your ancestors measured out, you serpents, you brood of vipers. How can you flee from the judgment of Gehenna? Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees and the scribes. Therefore, behold, I send to you prophets and wise men and scribes. Some of, some of them you will kill and crucify. Some of them you will scourge in your synagogues and pursue from town to town so that there may come upon you all the righteous blood shed upon the earth, from the righteous blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, the son of Barakiah, whom you murdered between the sanctuary and the altar. Amen, I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. And going back to the book of Revelation, chapter 6, we read how the sun turns black. Then I watched while he broke open the sixth seal, and there was a great earthquake, and the sun turned as black as dark sackcloth, and the whole moon became like blood. The stars in the sky fell to the earth like unripe figs, shaken loose from the tree in a strong wind. And then the sky was divided like a torn scroll, curling up with every mountain and island moved from its place. The kings of the earth, the nobles, the military officers, the rich, the powerful, every slave and free person hid themselves in caves and among mountain crags. And they cried out to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us, hide us from the face of the one who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb, because the great day of his wrath has come and who can withstand it? So there are now two choices, run to God and repent or run away from God and remain in sin. Leviticus chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, the Lord said to Moses, speak to the whole Israelite community and tell them, be holy, for I, the Lord, your God, am holy. So we've been given instruction right from the beginning. What called down the wrath of God? Corruption in the church, heresy, apostasy, falling away in faith, immorality, bad living. The lamb is once again the lion of Judah, and all who have sinned and are unrepentant should fear. 
all who are in the Lord are saved. So the faithful are now sealed, Revelation chapter 7. After this, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth so that no wind could blow on land or sea or against any tree. And then I saw another angel come up from the east, holding the seal of the living God. He cried out in a loud voice to the four angels who were given power to damage the land and the sea. Do not damage the land or the sea or the trees until we put the seal on the foreheads of the servants of our God. I heard the number of those who had been marked with the seal, 144,000 marked from every tribe of the Israelites. 12,000 were marked from the tribe of Judah, 12,000 from the tribe of Reuben, 12,000 from the tribe of Gad, 12,000 from the tribe of Asher, 12,000 from the tribe of Naphtali, 12,000 from the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000 from the tribe of Simeon, 12,000 from the tribe of Levi, 12,000 from the tribe of Issachar, 12,000 from the tribe of Zebulon, 12,000 from the tribe of Joseph, 12,000 were marked from the tribe of Benjamin. And all the angels of the earth stood around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they prostrated themselves before the throne, worshiped God, and exclaimed, Amen. Blessing and glory, wisdom and thanksgiving, honor, power, and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders spoke up and said to me, Who are these wearing white robes, and where did they come from? I said to him, My Lord, you are the one who knows. He said to me, These are the ones who have survived the time of great distress. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Even though Jesus Christ is all the power and authority he wants, both head and body, that is, Jesus and those in the church, have, act in unison. In Revelation 5, chapter 8, we read, When he took it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, and each of the elders held a harp and gold bowls filled with incense, which are the prayers of the holy ones. Revelation 6, 9, When he broke open the fifth seal, I saw underneath the altar the souls of those who had been slaughtered because of the witness they bore to the word of God. And in Revelation 7, 9, after this, I had a vision of a great mag multitude, which no one could count, from every nation, race, people, and tongue. They stood before the throne and before the Lamb, wearing white robes and holding palm branches in their hands. So these are descriptions of the multitudes who have faith, who believe in God, who are living the lives that they've been asked to live and are, and are receiving the blessing. <clears throat> then the seventh seal, the seven trumpets, Revelation chapter 8. When he broke open the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw that the seven angels who stood before God were given seven trumpets. Another angel came and stood at the altar, holding a gold censer. He was given a great quantity of incense to offer, along with the prayers of all the holy ones on the gold altar that was before the throne. The smoke of the incense, along with the prayers of the holy ones, went up before God from the hand of the angel. And then the angel took the censer, filled it with burning coals from the altar, and hurled it down to the earth. There were peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. You see the symbolism of the mass, the censers, the incense. So trumpets, seven, seven trumpets, 
were mentioned. So trumpets are warnings. Now, trumpets are an important part of the events and the outcome at the city of Jericho. In Joel chapter 2, verse 1, we read, Blow the horn in Zion. Sound the alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. In Hosea chapter 8, verse 1 to 3, Put the trumpet to your lips. One like an eagle is over the house of the Lord, because they have violated my covenant and rebelled against my law. They cry out to me, My God, we know you. But Israel has rejected what is good. The enemy shall pursue him. Matthew 24, 31, And he will send out his angels with a trumpet blast, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of the heavens to the other. And Paul writes to us in 1 Corinthians, he says, In an instant, in the blink of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. And in 1 Thessalonians, he also writes to us, For the Lord himself, with a word of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, will come down from heaven, and the dead in Christ will rise first. John himself is sounding a trumpet with this book of Revelation. Now, if Pharaoh had repented, the plagues would have stopped. God releases the tribulation that we read about in the book of Revelation very slowly. He allows all people to repent at any time and escape the tribulation. People in heaven listen to God. People on earth are making too much noise to hear the word of God. Zephaniah 1.7, silence in the presence of the Lord God, for near is the day of the Lord. Yes, the Lord has prepared a sacrifice. He has consecrated his guests. And then in Zechariah 2, verse 17, silence in the presence of the Lord, who stirs forth from his holy dwelling. In Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 20, but the Lord is in his holy temple, silence before him all the earth. So we should remember that when we go into Mass. Silence. Revelation 8, verses 6 and 7. The seven angels who were holding the seven trumpets prepared to blow them. When the first one blew his trumpet, there came hail and fire mixed with blood, which was hurled down to the earth. A third of the land was burned up, along with a third of the trees and all green grass. What does this mean? Well, hail and fire means war and One-third of the land is destroyed, so war does destroy land. And one-third of the trees are destroyed. Trees refer, in this instance, to people. So there's going to be great wars and great losses of life. When the second angel blew his trumpet, something like a large burning mountain was hurled into the sea. A third of the sea turned to blood, a third of the creatures living in the sea died, and a third of the ships were wrecked. Well, the sea represents the land of the Gentiles. Whenever the ancient Israelites would talk about going over the sea or or in the sea, they meant having to leave their land. So it's the land of the Gentiles. And one-third of the people in the Gentile lands died. So we're going to see a great loss of life because there's going to be many, many people that don't believe. And so they're going to be lost. And then one-third of the ships were wrecked. The ships are the churches adrift in the world. So... It isn't that all those who are good and holy are going to be raised up into heaven. The good and the bad have to go through this tribulation. 
but the good will be ultimately saved for the new Jerusalem. So the tribulation affects all, sinners and church adherents alike. Revelation chapter 8, verses 10 to 11. When the third angel blew his trumpet, a large star burning like a torch fell from the sky. It fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of the water. The star was called Wormwood. And a third of all the water turned to Wormwood. And many people died from this water because it was made bitter. The sky is our Lord Jesus. A large star falling is the apostasy of church leaders. Now, wormwood has a bitter taste, so the words and actions of a heretic can affect many who listen and follow the heretic. So, what we see here is, uh, is uh, a punishment, if you will, coming from the sky for all those who've turned away. And Judas Iscariot was the first star to fall out of the heavens, and of course, he was tempted by Satan. Revelation 8, chapter, uh, chapter 8, verse 12 and 13 when the fourth angel blew his trumpet, a third of the sun, a third of the moon, and a third of the stars were struck, so that a third of them became dark. The day lost its life, its light for a third of the time, as did the night. Then I looked again and heard an angel flying high overhead cry out in a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth from the rest of the trumpet blasts that the three angels are about to blow. So the sun darkened is a loss of light, the light of truth. The faithful have been sealed, but all others who turn away from the Lord are at great risk. And the eagle is a symbol of John's gospel, which cries out with a loud voice of the book of Revelation to the churches. Revelation chapter 9, verse 1 through 4. Then the fifth angel blew his trumpet, and I saw a star that had fallen from the sky to the earth. It was given the key for the passage to the abyss. It opened the passage to the abyss, and smoke came up out of the passage, like smoke from a huge furnace. The sun and the air were darkened by the smoke from the passage. Locusts came out of the smoke onto the land, and they were given the same power as scorpions of the earth. They were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any plant or any tree, but only those people who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. So Satan, the fallen angel, is confined to hell or the abyss, as it's called here in these passages. And life on earth is darkened by the smoke, and those who are not sealed are at risk. Revelation chapter 9, verse 5 and 6, 11 and 12. They were not allowed to kill them, but only to torment them for five months. The torment they inflicted was like that of, of a scorpion when it stings a person. During that time, these people will seek death, but will not find it. And they will long to die, but death will escape them. They had as their king the angel of the abyss, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon and in Greek Apollyon. The first woe has passed, but there are two more to come. Abaddon is an Aramaic word meaning destruction, and Apollyon is a Greek word meaning destroyer. Revelation 9, verses 13 to 6, 17. And then the sixth angel blew his trumpet, and I heard a voice coming from the four horns of the gold altar before God, telling the sixth angel who held that trumpet, release the four angels who are bound at the banks of the great river Euphrates. So the four angels were released who were prepared for this hour, day, month, and year to kill a third of the human race. 
The number of cavalry troops was 200 million. I heard their number. Now in my vision, this is how I saw the horses and their riders. They were red, blue, and yellow breastplates, and the horses' heads were like heads of lions, and out of their mouths came fire, smoke, and sulfur. By these three plagues of fire, smoke, and sulfur that came out of their mouths, a third of the human race was killed. For the power of the horses is in their mouths, and in their tails, for in their tails are like snakes with heads that inflict harm. The rest of the human race who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands to give up the worship of demons and idols made from gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood, which cannot see or hear or walk. Nor did they repent of their murders, their magic potions, their unchastity, or their robberies. Then I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, wrapped in a cloud, with a halo around his head. His face was like the sun, and his feet were like pillars of fire. In his hand he held a small scroll that had been opened. He placed his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land. And when he cried out in a loud voice as a lion roars, when he cried out, the seven thunders raised their voices too. And when the seven thunders had spoken, it was about to write it, he, I was about to write this down, but I heard a voice from heaven say, seal up what the seven thunders have spoken, but do not write it down. And then the angel I saw standing on the sea and on the land raised his right hand to heaven and swore by the one who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and earth and sea and all that is in them, there shall be no more delay. At the time when you hear the seventh angel blow his trumpet, the mysterious plan of God shall be fulfilled, as he promised to his servants, the prophets. Then the voice that I heard from heaven spoke to me again and said, Go take the scroll that lies open in the hand of the angel who is standing on the sea and the land. So I went up to the angel and I told him to give me the small scroll. He said to me, Take and swallow it. It will turn your stomach sour, but in your mouth it will taste as sweet as honey. I took the small scroll from the angel's hand and I swallowed it. And in my mouth it was like sweet honey. But when I had eaten it, my stomach turned sour. Then someone said to me, You must prophesy again about many peoples, nations, tongues, and kings. The scroll was sweet because it announced God's victory. The scroll was sour because it also announced the suffering of God's people. The angel does not mean to literally eat the scroll, but rather to understand its meaning and take it to heart. And when the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary, she said she was said to keep all these things in her heart. In a similar way, John contemplates the angel's message. John's task was similar to the prophet Jeremiah, who was opposed by leadership among the priests when the Babylonians were coming toward Jerusalem and the temple. Jeremiah was thrown into a cistern. He sank into the cistern up to his waist, and he was told to stop preaching about the people's and the priests' sins and transgressions. But Jeremiah predicted the fall of Jerusalem and the destruction of the temple, and all of that occurred for a second time in the days of John. Revelation chapter 11, verse 1 to 5. Then I was given a measuring rod like a staff, and I was told, come and measure the temple of God and the altar, and count those who are worshiping in it. But exclude the outer court of the temple, do not measure it, for it has been handed over to the Gentiles, who will trample the holy city for 42 months. 
I will commission my two witnesses to prophesy for those 1260 days wearing sackcloth. There are two olive trees and two lampstands that stand before the Lord of the earth. If anyone wants to harm them, fire comes out of their mouths and devours their enemies. In this way, anyone wanting to harm them is sure to be slain. So measuring the temple means to count the faithful righteous on earth. And John is told not to measure the outer court. It's been handed over to the Gentiles. Well, the Romans destroy the temple. So that's what this means. It's handed over to those who will be destroyed. And then two witnesses who will testify to the truth of God may be Moses and Elijah, the law and the prophets, or perhaps more likely Peter and Paul, the founders of the church. And the period of time, 1260 days, is symbolic of the time that the evil Antiochus Epiphanes persecuted the Israel in the time of the Maccabees. It's used in several places in the book of Revelation to depict struggle and persecution. Revelation chapter 11, verses 6 to 9. They have the power to close up the sky so that no rain can fall during the time of their prophesying. They also have the power to turn water into blood and to afflict the earth with any plague as often as they wish. When they have finished their testimony, the beast that comes up from the abyss will wage war against them and conquer them and kill them. Their corpses will lie in the main street of the great city, which has the symbolic names Sodom and Egypt, where indeed their Lord was crucified. <clears throat> Those from every people, tribe, tongue, and nation will gaze on their corpses for three and a half days, but they will not allow their corpses to be buried. The inhabitants of the earth will gloat over them and be glad and exchange gifts because these two prophets tormented the inhabitants of the earth. But after three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them. And when they stood on their feet, great fear fell on those who saw them. Then they heard a loud voice from heaven say to them, come up here. So they went up to heaven in a cloud as their enemies looked on. And at that moment, there was a great earthquake and a tenth of the city fell in ruins. 7,000 people were killed during the earthquake. The rest were terrified and gave glory to the God of heaven. The second woe has passed, but the third is coming soon. Revelation chapter 11, 15 to 17. Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet. There were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdom of the world now belongs to our Lord and to his anointed, and he will reign forever and ever. And the 24 elders who sat on their thrones before God prostrated themselves and worshiped God and said, We give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, who are and who were, for you have assumed your great power and have established your reign. The nations raged, but your wrath has come, and the time for the dead to be judged and to, and to recompense your servants, the prophets and the holy ones, and those who fear your name, the small and the great alike, and to destroy those who destroy the earth. Then God's temple in heaven was opened, and the ark of his covenant could be seen in the temple. There were flashes of lightning, rumblings, and peals of thunder, an earthquake, and a violent hailstorm. The one who sits on the throne hands the lamb a scroll, which only the lamb can open. It has seven seals. This is what we we learned at the beginning of this lesson. The first four seals describe the four horsemen who are the beginnings of the tribulation. The deceiver, war, 
starvation, plagues, and disease. These are events of the end times. The fifth seal shows us the martyrs and all those who have their names written in the book of life. The sixth seal shows the mountains fall and the earth shake in tribulation. So even the earth is, is shaken by these uh, evil times. And the seventh seal shows us the seven trumpets, which define continued tribulation and suffering. The evil one is now cast down to reign from the abyss. And the angel gives John the small scroll to eat. And suddenly the ark of God's covenant is seen in the temple. Let us close in prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening. Peace be with you.